Hey guys, it's Jack here. Big massive shout out to our Patreons. So these guys are the guys who donate for the editing and they really do make a huge difference to keep the show alive. Uh, we've been sponsored by Art Faulkner, Ferdy Evers, Mikey Dredd and Underfluke. These guys are absolute legends. Thank you so much and see you next show. Good evening. Welcome to Let's Drone Out. We are live. Uh, good evening. My name is Lee. Some of you might recognize me as Painless360, uh, and I'm obviously not Jack. And the reason for that is uh, pretty much everybody, apart from Frank, has found something more interesting <laughs> or more important to do tonight. So I am taking over as host. So apologies for that in advance. So as well as Painless360, you obviously have Andrew slash Frank. Hello. And that's all the introductions done. It's a lot shorter <laughs> this year time, isn't it? Uh, we're going to do the legal notice at the top as well before we get into it, uh, because otherwise we'll remember in the middle as we're being controversial. Absolutely. Um, so, so go any, for it. any views expressed by any guests on this show are personal and may not reflect the views of the hosts or any participant of the show or any other people that have disappeared from the show this week. Yes. Um, so, so with all with all that said, we can. And I love the fact that everybody, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you want you can actually um, interact with Let's Drone Out while it's being streamed live. And there's a live chat running. And I'm just looking at it all at the side of the screen. I'm looking at now that has uh, Frank drinking his beer. It's quite funny. Everyone's just saying, "Oh, okay." It looks like the grown-ups are in charge tonight. So, thank you, everyone, for that. But you obviously haven't been out with me and Frank for a bit. Um, <laughs> So, so tonight, it's going to be a very different format. It is literally going to be like the kind of chats that Frank and I have when we do occasionally bump into each other in the right part of the country and have a beer, or more typically, when Frank actually manages to get an hour away from work. <laughs> <laughs> and we end up, we end up for, I, I ring him for a quick three-minute chat, and we're on the phone for about an hour and a half. It's about standard. It's about right. Yeah. yeah, about that. So, You've forgotten the, the few weeks of back and forth of each other trying to ring each other and neither of us being available. Oh, okay, telephone right, phone. yeah. Yeah, we do we do play telephone tag a lot. I thought you were going to talk about the two weeks in a field down <laughs> south last summer. That's what there I thought There was that as well. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, I think, uh, and can I call you Andrew on this? Yes, I know it's confuse everyone, right? But I know it's yeah. yes, Andrew. Um, it's uh, Andrew and I were involved in that. I don't know if any of you saw it last year. It was a thing that Love Productions did for Channel 4 called the Model uh, Squadron. And it was a group of RC modelers from both uh, the UK and Germany recreating key battles in the Battle of Britain. And uh, it was a, a, an experience... I think we'll, we'll call it that. Um, and and Andrew and I were part of a team of four ground crew that were were, were basically sticking things back together, um, trying to find lipo checkers um, and servo checkers and 
and uh, basically hunting down where the team had, had stored the lipos and all that sort of thing yeah yeah the, <laughs> yeah we're not we're not going to get into detail but the germans did uh squirrel away an awful lot of the lipos that the english needed um it was in fact the could have the, the whole thing could have been twice as long but yeah but that's what i thought you were going to talk about then so what have you been up to this week because i well, know you've been flying haven't you yeah, well, funnily enough, uh, at the weekend I was at a Wood Springs show, which is where uh, Steve uh, from the show, from the Battle of Britain uh, team, uh, he was the flight director, and uh, Shannon was commentating for quite a bit of it, and there was a, a big group of the, the the mostly the Brits, but also Christian came along. Um, uh, representing uh the battle of britain model squadron kind of thing bringing all the same sort of stuff out uh with all the fpv gear and and everything and um displaying that at Woodsprings show um is it worthwhile you talking about a little bit about some of that technology on the planes because some of the stuff that we did on that on that gig last year was pretty some of it was pretty standard stuff if you're an fpv racer but hmm. some, some of it was things that i'd never seen before flying for 20 odd years yeah, so I mean, the the biggest difference from what a lot of us know through normal FPV wings or FPV quads uh, was the pan and tilt mechanism um, on the actual FPV camera. Um, so this was uh, so basically two servos, one panning the camera left and right, and the other one tilting the camera up and down, and so you can look around. And this was also controlled by the uh through a tyrannus through uh the head tracking module in some fat sharks so it was it was detecting you moving your head left and right and up and down and it was translating that into moving the servos left and right and up and down to move the camera so it was almost like you're looking around the cockpit uh in real time um, and the FPV team guys had actually recreated the inside of these cockpits of these Spitfires, ME109s, Heinkels, all these different kind of things. And they cut out all the plastics, so just leaving the ribs on the actual canopy. So when you were looking around, it looked amazing. Uh, but most of the pilots who had come along had never um, flown. Um, and the other thing that was done as well was uh, th there was this whole system on the planes, which was this infrared kind of... Um, gun system that you could fire using an auxiliary channel on the radio mm -hmm. and then there was a little smoke canister that mounted underneath the plane and when it sustained so many hits it was all done via wi-fi it's very clever when it sustained so many hits then the smoke canister would pop and then that plane was considered damaged and out of the thing um and i've not seen it since so you actually were playing with all of this this week were you so everyone had pretty much stripped out the uh the infrared stuff, because I mean, it's great when you when we're on set, but after that, it's it's a bit of a struggle. Um, but uh, we were doing a lot with the FPV, so unfortunately, a lot of the head trackers seem to have also died in the past year. Uh, so a lot of them have been moved over to sliders and rotary dials and things on Tyrannuses, uh, to rather than using the head tracker to control it. Um, but the uh, what they were doing for the smoke instead was uh, James had uh, built up some uh, pyro control units that were on a switch instead, uh, okay. so that it was all you know planned. Okay, now we fire the smoke rather than being an actual combat 
battle. Oh, that's really exciting. So is, is this stuff that's being made more use accessible to the rest of us? Because I've, I've got a friend that we would love to do that dogfighting thing with. Well, in terms of dogfighting, uh, Christian has actually invited a, a load of us. I, I, I don't know if he managed to get his invitation to you. I did pass your email address on, so maybe, maybe you've got it, maybe you haven't. Um, but uh, over in Germany, uh, not this week, but next week, weekend, uh, we're going out to his field near Frankfurt where he's got some very early um, prototypes um, of a run of PCBs that are being made up right now uh, of essentially the same sort of thing that we were dealing with in terms of infrared guns triggering things going off um, as a, as a dogfighting capability. Um, and this is on Facebook as FPV Combat, I think it's called. Okay. Um, uh, this guy has, has been building up some PCBs for this, um, and Christian has got some early samples, and we're going to be testing those out in a field in Germany next week, weekend. It's going to be that, fun. That would be awesome. If uh, Yeah, give the guys a nudge, because I would love to keep up to date with that, because even I've got friends who fry quads who would probably still quite like to do the whole combat shooting each other down with smoke thing. Oh, Mind yeah. you, that's, that, that's probably going to be illegal as of October anyway. <laughs> but the, the other thing about this is it's got um, an OSD in there as well. So instead of just kind of judging by whether the smoke has gone off or not, um, they've got, uh, you see like tracer bullets almost, uh, tracer rounds in the OSD and you see your ammunition go down and you see your lives and it's, you know comes up with messages saying you've been hit and all that sort of thing. Oh, that uh, sounds awesome. Are there any videos that we can have a look at? There is a, a few videos, but I think they are all on Facebook rather than YouTube. But I'll see if I can get something put across so you can see it. If we can find the videos, we'll put them in the show notes. How about that? Yeah, and then absolutely. and then people can have a look. Because I would love to do that. I love the idea of having an ammo counter. It's like the sentry guns in Aliens. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's something we're lo looking forward to. Um, but the other thing, I was invited along to Wood Springs uh, to do um, some FPV live streaming. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, so Steve and Sharon invited me along from Mini Air Show saying, ah, oh, you got this to work here. Can you come and do something here? And we can strap cameras to other planes and all sorts of things. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. Um, and... Uh, we, we were sort of checking things through beforehand, making sure it's all going to work. Um, and there was loads of internet, all fine. Um, and I got there and turned up on the Saturday, and it's like, this, this, there's, there's no internet. This is, you... oh dear. What it was is it was a lot more popular than I expected it to be. And I think with with just the crowd of people that have just uh, spectators being there already. I think that had pretty much saturated the local 4G uh, network. Um, so there, there wasn't a lot left for streaming, uh, which was a bit of a challenge. Um, but eventually got something workable. Um, Are we so going to have dogfighting at next year's mini air show? I think we should. We've got to really, haven't we? Because that, that yeah. was probably the coolest thing I've seen in the hobby for a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. For those who haven't seen um, the, this this show that I'm talking about, uh, I'm not sure if it's just still available on you know My4 or whatever, the streaming thing. But they, there was probably 25, maybe 30 planes in the air at once um, 
we had to have all the radios turned off. We had to have the walkie-talkies turned off. We had to have all the mobiles on um, on airplane mode. Um, it got it got really exciting. But having all these planes whirling and whipping around, uh, there were a couple of mid-air collisions, but most of them were genuine kind of dogfighting stuff. And we had a couple of guys who were actually flying uh, with and using the FPV properly to line up and shoot other planes down. Uh, but most of it was done line of sight. But just stood watching it from the side and watching the smoke popping and these planes leaving these big smoke trails as they kind of came into land. It was uh, it was fantastic. Absolutely, it was it was magnificent. In fact, I think that's a very good word. I think I think that magnificence. I can't even say it. Magnificence needs to be at the mini air show next year, bud. I think so. Well, a lot of what the uh, yeah the, the Battle of Britain guys coming together and, and doing this kind of uh, team display, that's what they want to try and do is go to more events and and hone this down to a, a fine art of of making this big display happen. Um, so hopefully they can kind of build on that. That would be really good. So I, I'd been kind of pulled along with my magic box that Jack built um, that takes uh, all the FPV video feeds and squeezes it into a network cable so I can put it out the other end into my laptop and do some streaming with it. And um, we, we were doing that so that there's all these people there um, who have got you know phones on them but have never seen goggles or anything and there's only so many goggles amongst hundreds and hundreds of people um it wasn't reasonable to try and give everyone a, a ride alonging and some goggles but we thought if we can take that stream and broadcast it out and allow people to see it on their phones then it gives everyone a bit more of a, an insight into the fpv side of things and why we get so excited about it um it definitely lowers the barrier for entry that's quite a smart way to do it. like you say assuming that the network can handle the bandwidth Yes, this was a problem, um, but because we've also looked, or I've also looked at um, trying to run it locally over Wi-Fi and things, so people could just join a little local Wi-Fi bubble and and get it directly. But then there's all sorts of technical issues with that. It's a really hard problem to solve. Um, I think the only solution is to have lots more internet available. Um, do we do we need what what's it the next one G five or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get the five G. In five G, getting a bit more technical. Five G has a, a part of it called EMMMC or something, which has been built by the likes of BBC and that lot uh, as a way to do this very thing for big events and stadiums. Where there's you know lots of video feeds and all that sort of thing. Um, so in some amount of time, we might be able to piggyback on that sort of stuff, but. The moment it's really hard. As Crikey72 says in the chat, what about a large outside screen or a projector? Well, the problem is it's generally quite bright, which means that your normal, uh, well, projector is completely out of the question. A normal screen out of the question, you need an outdoor daylight media screen. And they are really expensive. Uh, you're looking for a for a nice one that people can see, the ones that you sort of expect to see at these FPV events, uh, those are going around a thousand pounds a day if you're lucky. Um, so that's not really an option. And when everyone's walking around with a screen in their pocket, you just want to get it onto those, but it's really hard. I like um, the idea. Well, it definitely sounds like you had a more successful week then playing with all this technology than I did because my flying day was a complete 
unmitigated disaster. I wanted to go to the to the field because um, you know the way it works when you're doing a video. I everyone wants to see the model fly at the end of the video, um, even though it, it it ends up just being a little dot in the sky. Uh, but it but it proves it flies right, and and, and you can talk a little bit over the video, can't you, about you know what what the characteristics of it. And there are two things I desperately need flying footage of. One is the Hobby King paramotor, which is you know like the big parachute with uh, with you know kind of a, a, a trolley underneath with a big fan on the back um and there's a knack to getting that flying so i wanted to do the video showing the knack and the other one was the maiden of the ar wing build that i'm trying to do so the first one i tried was the the paramotor so while the wind wasn't too big i thought right we need loads of footage of me running up and down a field like an idiot desperately trying to get this canopy up uh, but with a paramotor there's only two controls uh, the two brakes that control the 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 trailing edges on the very outside back part of each of the of the canopy and that when you pull one of them it drops the back part of the canopy and that causes drag and that causes the canopy to turn in that direction okay pretty standard stuff but the problem is is that just like a plane that isn't trimmed if you try and hand launch a plane with the ailerons all out of whack then all it does is just immediately try to turn over on its back and nose into the ground um so that so you do have to trim the canopy by doing test pulls you know you kind of you have to kind of pull it over your head and of course apologies my videos crapped out because I, I'm, I'm actually sat here demonstrating that no one can pull it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you have to pull it over your head right and, and as it comes up um it will it will kind of tip in one direction and then you have to just use the, the 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 trims on your radio like you would with a normal plane until the canopy comes up nice and cleanly and when you've got it trimmed like that then you're in you know a reasonable place to do it so it was on tuesday red hot um i foolishly decided to wear a black uh, polar t-shirt so um i was sweating like a pig we had me and my mate running down the field because he was you know doing third person view um and we got all of the shots of this canopy going all over the place until we eventually got it trimmed and i'm thinking right all we need now is the footage of me you know the majestic launch of it going over my head 50 percent throttle you know just kind of as it comes over my head i just kind of let go and it'll sail into the sky and we were just setting up to do that bit and the wind came up so so that was a complete disaster so i've got loads of footage of me running around bright red face you know completely wet through running around in in the sunshine uh, but actually didn't get what i wanted so I thought, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll we'll launch the AR wing. Um, and one of the things I'm doing at the moment, I, the series started last week. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Andrew, but it's the next Ardu plane build that I'm doing with a 900 millimeter wing, Matek flight controller, you know, um, crossfire this time, things like that. So although the series has just started, uh, if you look in the playlist, you can actually find the majority of videos. There's there's about another three or four to make in it, but I want to do the Maiden because it, it just proves that, you know, hey, technology works because um, it does, but you need a video because people like to see it flying. Yeah. So, uh, so I thought, well, okay, it's windy. doesn't matter. We'll, we'll throw the wing up. Now, there's a problem with the code on the flight controller in the bootloader that I put on there. And I'm going to, there'll be a video out on Tuesday. So everyone that's listening to this that um, knows about this video can pretend you haven't heard it before when the video comes out <laughs> this week. But, but the way it works is that the bootloader um, 
when it first starts, it goes into bootloader mode, then it pauses there for a moment and then boots into Ardu plane and, you know, initializes and then the GPS locks and away you go. But there's a fault in the bootloader version that I flashed in the very latest newest bootloader, which means that nine times out of 10, it won't make it out of bootloader. It'll just sit there. So I was prepared to, you know, do the plug it in, count to 10, unplug it, plug it in, count to 10, you know, do keep going until I caught it. Anyway, first time... I plugged it in, booted beautifully, GPS locked, went in and used the um, the bits and pieces to, on, on for the crossfire to set the VTX power. Everything's looking fantastic. I'm thinking, right, here we go, rock and roll. My mate, who's going to hand launch it for me, has got the little GoPro on the brim of his cap. Well, we're set, right? Launch it into the wind because, of course, we've got the wind now because that's what stops with the paramotor. So I thought, okay, I'll give it the beans. I'll put it put it in manual mode and I'll catch it. So I'm like, okay, mate, I'm ready. Put the throttle up. He threw it. It wasn't the best throw in the world. I obviously didn't have the throttle hard enough and it just kind of tipped over. It did that thing that, you know, all the really bad wing, wing launches do. It just kind of went straight into the grass. <laughs> so, and, and broke the wing off. So oh, it's like, okay, hot glue time. Um, so, t- you know, five minutes later, it was all back together. But of course I unplugged it while I uh, did the hot glue. I don't want it sat there with a VTX running, you know, getting warm. Um, And then could I get it out of bootloader mode? 45 minutes I played with this thing. So I think I just needed this. I just need literally footage of it, leaving his hand flying around, cut to a bit of the FPV footage from the goggles, you know, tickety-boo, tick, next video about auto launch, I think would be the next one. And I couldn't get that either. So I went all all this way for my flying day and ended up with, but the only the only good thing that came out of the day was actually uh, one of my the mate who was I was with. I'm teaching him to fly FPV on fixed wing. Um, so of course, because I, we had nothing else to do, <laughs> we dragged the well, the little FPV wing out and kind of got him flying on that. And uh, it was a real breakthrough because up till now, every time I go, I do three or four batteries with him for FPV, um, and we're doing it on a buddy box system. And you know, it's it's it's, it's actually working really well, but um, but this time we actually had him flying for from specific points to specific point around the field. So before I just got him up to, you know, 200, 300 feet and just let him fly around, you know, had my finger over the button to take control if something nasty happened. Um, and this time I was actually, okay, so you fly to this point and fly to this point. And it was lovely at the end because uh, every time he does this, well, when we go into it, he's, he's, he's a bit lackluster about the whole experience because, you know, he's been a line of sight plane flyer for, well, a very long time, you know, back in um, glow engine days. And um, every time he finishes, he's more excited. And I think this time the penny dropped about how cool FPV and fixed wing is. Um, so, so, yeah, it was great. So the only thing that's panicking him at the moment is landing FPV. So, mm-hmm. but the problem is to you know the way it works right if you're coming in an fpv with a smaller plane what looks like a reasonable distance out from the field you pull your goggles down and then try and find the plane line of sight and you can't see it or your spotters tapping you on the shoulder going it's there it's over the tree and there's 27 <laughs> trees no no not that tree no you need to go left when he means right so um <laughs> so that's the next thing is 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 crashing and in fact actually there's a couple of people in the chat that um so i can say hello to people like fraser and people like james who i've done stuff with recently and talked about the move from multi-rotors to flying fixed wing 
Yeah. And there seems to be the the same five or six things that catch people out all the time, particularly if you have a background in multi-rotors. Um, and I don't know whether it's worthwhile maybe talking those uh, kind of the, the kind of four or five golden rules I go through. If anyone's you mean listening. pulsing a throttle doesn't get you over the tree. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Throttle I've does not e that many times. Yeah, throttle does not equal height in a fixed wing. It just means you hit the thing harder. Um, there's a couple of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, the first one. Let's talk about that then. I mean, for, for the most common two mistakes I see are multi rotor pilots uh, when they're going down the field in a multi rotor and they realise that they may be a little lower than they thought, and the obstacle in front of them, it, you know, they're going to hit it. You can just blip the throttle and you rise into the air above it and you clear it. Um, and and that is a, a muscle memory that's really dangerous in a fixed wing because it just like I said, speed you up. The other thing that multi-rotor pilots I find really struggle with fixed wing is as multi-rotor pilots, we all get used to using the rudder to change direction. Mm. Yeah. And hard use of the rudder in a fixed wing, particularly if it is a wing wing, um, it's not as bad as that, but in a normal plane, something like a Bixler or an AXM float or something like that, if you slam the rudder over, you get a really violent reaction. So, so the way I do it, and in fact, um, you know, one of the guys in the chat I was talking to about a couple of weeks ago, um, I, with a Motu radio, I normally say once the plane's flying, you know, put the throttle at 50% and then take your thumb off that stick and just use the aileron to turn and the elevator to change the height. Mm. Um, and that will usually get you, you know, your, your first half a dozen flights without too many problems. I mean, the other the other problems are multi-rotor pilots want to fly really low in the early days. Yeah. So the three mistakes high rule, although it's great in principle, you kind of, you know, you do a couple of – and that's, that's the thing as well. And um, if it's flying line of sight, the whole nose-in thing, when, when the plane is flying or wing is flying towards you and the aileron's yeah. reversed – um, if you have a, a momentary brain fart as it's doing that, then if you're not high enough, you make the correction you think you need, it actually exacerbates the problem. Before you know it, the plane's upside down, heading to the ground, <laughs> which means that you immediately blip the throttle because that's going to give you more height, and that just rams it into the floor even faster. But the, So there's only about four or five things that I tend to do um, with with pilots like that i think i might make a video on it actually just to, to kind of help people i mean i've done a couple of videos already but it's amazing how many pilots i have the conversation with who then go and then crash and come back and not, can tell me exactly which one of those pieces of advice they they completely ignored <laughs> well yeah i mean for me i i'm pretty sure i've worked out all the brain farts of getting it left right and right is left now um after 14 years but it's it's the the other part is the orientation and the brain part of is is that is that the it going is that the with the left wing up and it's going from right to left or is that the is it going the other way it could be either way when it's just a silhouette and you, you don't know which way it's going and it's like ah am i going away from myself or am i going towards myself and you just have to kind of Try something and see well, that, doing it, what you expect. Exactly, you have to use the the the, the wing waggle as it's known in our circle, and mm -hmm. and see whether or not the wing moves in the same direction as the stick, which probably means it's flying away from you. If it moves in the other direction, then it probably means it's coming towards you, and you probably need to get some height. But it um, it's 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 a really 
a really interesting part of the hobby because some of the guys that I talk to are coming into the hobby brand new and have never flown before. So you're talking to them of you know, really basic stuff about the radio and things like that and how you set that up. Because even things like, for example, on the radio with the fixed wing, you add things like exponential and travel, mm. right? And, and and as quad pilots, we don't do that because beta flight does all that for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the the reaction time of a fixed wing seemed it the the wing seems to be flying through molasses because with a multi-rotor you know when we've got it tuned properly this thing will flip five or six times a second <laughs> right and 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 it'll do a hard stop and beta flight will work really hard to you know do that really hard crisp stop when we're when we're doing aerobatics and and acro um with a plane we're just relying on good old-fashioned physics and air moving over bits of balsa wood or bits of foam to kind of do it and i know for a lot for lots of pilots particularly quad ones, it feels really slow to react. So you almost have to anticipate things a little bit more in a slightly different way with a plane. I think that catches a few new pilots out too. I also, I mean, I I have a tendency to just have a lot of throttle on a plane just because I know it's not going to fall out the sky then. And uh, (laughs) You you know that planes uh, can actually fly without the engine on, right? I I know I know, but it's it's particularly when it's something that looks quite slow as it's flying along, and then I'm just worried like, am I going to stall? When's it going to stall? What's it going to do when it stalls? And and I just tend to have a, a throttle up on high a lot of the time. But I was very grateful uh, on Saturday. Um, Yick gave me a go on his. Um, uh, he's got a Texan T6. Uh, he. He even swapped over a radio to be in mode two and was giving me a go on that. And so I, I got to fly there and he was like, no, 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 bring the throttle back, bring it back, bring it back. And I was like, this is, it's going to fall that sky. It's going to stop flying at some point. Wings <laughs> stop working when they go too slow. Um, but he sort of talk, he was talking me through it as, as it was kind of you know, doing whatever. And that, that ended up being quite fun. And I got, you know, used to the model and I got relaxed into it. And then I got a very painful, well, not painful reminder. I got a very strong reminder that I wasn't just on my own in a field as I might usually be. Um, Or, you know, there's not just a few of us here. There's a lot of people here. And because all of a sudden, I think it was pretty much the entirety of the MWM Warbirds team just turned up and threw things into the air. Uh, Everything from... You know, Hawks, EDFs, <laughs> uh, EF extras that have obviously had different motors and batteries put in, and everything that just the sky just explodes with loud things coming in front of me, very loud. And ah, uh, it was just okay. And, and I need to land at some point now, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that because it's just going to end up with a cloud of foam if I do that now. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting experience <laughs> to be flying with that many people line of sight, um, which you can't really do FPV because you know you really get six, maybe eight. I mean, if you're at a very well organised race, you can get sixteen, but you're going to do that for fun. Well, while we're on that subject, actually, this is something that I was talking about to somebody uh, in the business the other day. In that, the reason that we can in the UK, there's only six, seven 
channels that we can use. I don't remember there was a video that I did a while ago uh, with Greg from Menace, and he worked out all the harmonics of all the different channels that was legally available to us in the UK and outside the UK, and gave recommendations about what what the best channels were for having uh, two, three, four, five, six, and up to seven pilots. Um, and interestingly, it wasn't race band, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm. But but the actual frequencies that we have available to us as part of the hobby is pretty broad. And if we if we are rather than working with these inherited bands that we have, you know, fa the fat chart band we still use quite a lot. You know, there's the race band, and then there's the others. Maybe it used to be called things like Boscam. Do you remember that? Yeah, then, as they're, they're generally just referred to as the letters now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, A, B, E, F yeah. sometimes, maybe yeah. D and R. Um, yeah. But if you actually look at those frequencies, there is a much better way for you, for us to space the channels out so that the harmonics um, from the individual VTX transmissions don't interfere with each, with each other. And we could get a little bit more out of the, FP, the very limited FPV 5.8 gig band that we have. Um, so I, I'm hoping... You know, you hear it here first that we will have some kind of recommendation because if, if somebody like Fat Shark or Emerge, because a lot of the um, transmitters that I'm getting in at the moment have the ability to set discrete frequencies, mm -hmm. you know, so rather than you have to go with the, the preset ones, you can you can set it up to, you know, 5.762 or whatever, you know, gigahertz that you want. And also on a lot some of the new receivers that I'm getting in now, some of the newer goggles, it also has the ability uh, to kind of give you that feature as well. Now, it used to be that doing that on things like the immersion kit needed the super duper wand, um, you know, the super duper setup stuff. Um, but I, I'm just I'm, I'm really interested in being able to do that because having I, my my the most fun I have FPV is chasing my mates playing around the sky. <laughs> yeah, right. It would be awesome if there was three or four of us, mate. You know, you, me, Jack, couple of mates, whatever, chasing each other around the sky. Um, and who knows? Maybe having a spot or two and using that gun system that you're talking about. Yep. That just sounds like the most fun radio control flying day ever. So I'm, I'm hoping we can get some ideas for this FPV stuff. So that keep your fingers crossed we can we can work something out. But that I'll would be what, lovely. On the weekends, I'd forgotten there's there's all this stuff that you need to learn with FPV that a lot of people don't know. And so there was all this, like, uh, you know, all these guys who haven't used FPV much, and when they have done it, it's either been with a... a basically you uh controlling everything or they've been on their own or you know with a spotter but not flying loads of fpv at the same time so to have all these people turning up and being like okay so we need you know i'm going to we need to be on these channels and I'm like, why we're all in race band it's fine like, yeah yeah it doesn't quite work like that <laughs> it's not gonna work that way and then uh and then you're like, it's all right. It'll be easy. We'll just change the channels. It'll be fine. And then you get to it. And of course, it's buried in this fixed wing model. <laughs> There's one button that you have to press for three seconds to get into. Yeah. It's, it's not even that. It is, as Drone Racer says in the chat, it's dip switches. <laughs> and it's, and you look at these transmitters and go, hmm, I, I don't think that's entirely. In compliance with 25 milliwatts, judging by the sticker, but I'm sure that's a mistake on the part of yeah. This, the CE sticker must have fallen off because it got yes. warm. That'll be yes. what it is. Uh -huh. Exactly. It, yeah. That must be a model number and not not a 
the milliwatt power. power. Yeah. Um, but and then oh okay, so that's running on that much, so that's going to swamp everything. Um, so there's, there's all of these sorts of things. It's like hadn't thought about these problems. And yeah. You see, <laughs> surely it can't be that difficult, right? We've got you know in, here in the EU, we've got this wonderful LBT system on the on the FR Sky transmitters right so they listen before they start transmitting which actually i think is a really good idea for fpv so if you're flying and somebody walks up and has accidentally left their vtx on the same channel that you've got and they plug the battery in and completely stomp all over you it would actually be quite nice if the, a vtx when it powered up actually had some receiving equipment that it could kind of just just listen briefly to that channel and just go no one else is using this right and if it and, it, and if it didn't then it would it could power up um i'm just conscious we're going for 36 minutes and we haven't mentioned the competition absolutely so uh, jack will be very unhappy if i don't mention the competition so we we are doing a competition for our uh, four year anniversary uh, coming up this august um so from episode 200 we announced this and it's been carrying on uh if anyone uh so so drone is life has uh donated a bunch of goodies and jack's looking after them and usually at this point in the show he'll be waving them about so you just have to kind of imagine that i've got some goodies from drone is life at the moment and um uh, we are going to be awarding them uh to whoever sends us uh the the, the, well, if you send in a memory of LDO through timestamps or snippets or edits or any other collection of your favorite moments from LDO over the past four years, uh, we're going to watch them uh, the week before uh, our 208th episode, and we're going to pick one, and we're going to announce the winner on a 208th episode, our four-year episode, um, and, and they will get some goodies. So uh, we haven't had a huge number of entries so if you do send something in as i say either a timestamp of a podcast or a youtube video or um you know an edit that you put together anything like that you've got a fairly good chance of winning some goodies at the moment um so you can send them in to let's drone out at gmail.com or you can send them to our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash let's drone out or i'm sure you'll find a way somehow but those two should be good enough, I think. Fantastic. Thanks, Andrew. And welcome, Tony. Oh, sure. I made it. <laughs> We've 20 minutes left. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a long drive. I'm so tired. But Joker Vision's probably more tired. I think he's going to, he's just going home. He lives down a road and I'm going to send him the link to come on and see if he can be on for 10 minutes. Uh, uh, in the chat, no, I'm not getting topless tonight, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm too tired for that. Yeah, that's uh, that's only when Jack's on the podcast, I think, isn't it, Tony? It's a special pretty, thing. Pretty much. I just yeah. try to keep him amused, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, you've been doing something pretty impressive. Are you allowed to talk about any of that? On the oh, show? yeah, yeah. Went drift car chasing today at Rockingham. Quite far away. You know, it got shut down last year, didn't it, Rockingham? So. It, is this what all the all the kind of like the good quadcopter pilots are doing? Because every time I look at it these days, they've got somebody chasing a drift car. So is this, uh, how did you get this gig? Um, Danny, Jokervision, who may come in on the chat in a minute, if I send him a link. He's got yeah, a do, do. Um, he, he knows some people who used to do it. Because I think he took, it was a photographer for some car magazines back in the day. 
and I think that's how we got the gig. And then we went up this morning and we got there and they're like, they're not sure you can fly, you know. And we were like, oh, my God, we just drove three hours. Please don't say that. But um, showed them our certificates of insurance and things like that. And they're like, oh, okay. So <laughs> we, were, we were all right after that. And I told them that I'm a pro, so once you get paid for something, you're a pro, right? Yeah, that's, that's really true. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. There's other interpretations, but we'll move on from that. <laughs> so you had, you had a good day, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. I'm so tired, but um, really good. Um, it, we drove through so much rain on the way up. We were like, no, please. Got there, and it was um, it was nice and dry up there. Actually, it was good. Fab. So when will we see that footage? Uh, maybe next week at some point. I've got tomorrow work, Friday night, early night, because we're going to Quadtopia the weekend if yep. it doesn't rain hard, which is basically um, a load of guys in a field, massive fire. You're coming, aren't you, Frank? I am coming. It's me. Big fire, drones, planes, guns, and What drink. can go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, today was really, really good fun, though. Um, yeah. But they, uh, they had a wet track today, so they run dry tracks and wet tracks, depending on if there's another event. It's not weather. It's depending on, well, well it is depending on weather, but noise. So they wet the track, so it's not permanently for eight hours. Ah. Yes, um, yeah, they do that. Um so when I was getting low and chasing cars, like real low, I was getting water on my lens and things like that. But um, I think we've got enough enough footage to um, to have some fun. But yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, next week, I should think. Well, so, if you if you have any of those gigs north of Watford and you need a bagman, mate, give me a call. <laughs> it was north. Where was it? Well, we're Rockingham. Where was that? It was up past where NJ lives. I went through NJ's hometown. <laughs> Watered his plants. Bed Bedfordshire, I think. Bed yeah. Bedfordshire, lovely. A bit further on than that. Uh, I've just sent Joker the link, so hopefully he might come on. But cool. yeah, it was good fun. But we're going up there to do a dry day, so we chased them when it's dry so we'll have more tire smoke and all that schmalarkey yeah okay. unless, unless let's blow out on the lenses there's a couple of questions i've just noticed of, of people asking so I, I'm, I'm keen to, that we cover these uh one of them was from dave uh dave you were asking uh irc is not the best or legal in the uk um irc uh one of the channels on what we what you call fat shark or irc or band d or band f whichever you want to choose uh, one of them is not legal in the uk it's outside the limit uh but actually it doesn't provide bad separation um it, so it's not illegal in the uk uh, there are a couple of bands that aren't uh, i do have a video in it if i remember we'll put the link in the show notes uh, that talk about what the legal uh things are it's part of the fpv antenna lab series um and Jack, who's obviously listening, so hello, Jack. I hope you're feeling better, buddy. Um, was asking, have I done the Fat Shark DVR update? Uh, the answer is yes. I did a video on it, so I had to. Um, it has helped. The DVR update is only for 
when you have an issue where maybe you're trying to synchronize FPV footage recorded in the goggles with maybe a GoPro or something on, on the actual um, model itself, you'll sometimes find that the video is a slightly shorter video from the DVR than from the GoPro. And that's because the original firmware in the, in the goggles, if there was something wrong with the, with the frame of the video, it would just kind of bin the entire frame and just kind of not bother. Um, so that meant the frame was slightly concatenated uh, and, and it was kind of crushed down. So that meant trying to get it exactly synced was a real pain in the butt that what the firmware up where, update does and uh, check the readme's because it's not suitable for all fat shark goggles so double double check you put it on the sd card you update it and all it really does is improves the algorithm for things like um rapid fire where you you could also with rapid fire get some weird effects in the dvr as well because the way it works it kind of fixes all that stuff there is a downside though and the downside is is that the auto recording which i actually really like on the goggles because i always forget to hit the button um hey all right danny hello hello there he is there he is he's made it i always um forget forget to hit the button uh, that's disabled by default because it doesn't automatically switch between ntsc and pal it has to kind of have see the video feed before you hit the button so the answer is that was a very long way of saying yes uh, but if you're thinking of doing it triple read the readme so that nothing nasty happens make sure you've got a full battery on your goggles you don't want it crapping out before it's finished the update it doesn't take too long sweet how's your how are you feeling after driving six hours danny shattered absolutely <laughs> shattered <laughs> it's a long way to go but worth it wasn't it uh, it's great fun and they've invited us back everyone was asking if they had to pay for the footage we should have said yes you should I'll, yeah i'll burn you a dvd it'll only be 15 quid <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, well, there's a guy taking really... um pictures for people but we yeah, just yeah we didn't just, get anything <laughs> i don't think you did no but enough to get your uh pfcos until july 2020 yeah it's not worth getting them now is it i don't think so really be honest, unless you're desperately going to do something in the next year that's going to make you loads of money, then probably not. Well, I've got one gig coming up, but it's got to be free. Oh. Danny, you've got the lousiest keyboard on the planet. <laughs> I know. Do not type anymore. <laughs> okay, I'll type back to him. Just talk it. It's in mechanical. That's why. Just say hello in the chat or whatever. People will say uh, hello Dave to you. Dave was asking about the X class and. It was just a five-inch, so we was allowed to fly. Because we technically wasn't allowed to fly. No. Huh? But they, they let what? us. Sometimes five inches is enough. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> there we go. There's, there's the Wampa list. Because uh, uh, Jack's here in spirit, even if he isn't yeah. here. That was Jack took over my body. Could you tell <laughs> <care about> that? <laughs> no, you, it, it can't have been Jack because your clothes are still on. Um, I tell you, there is one thing I do want to, want to talk about while we're all together on this, and it's a subject that's a bit close to my heart. And that is, um, I when I use a bit of technology, so there's something like Betaflight or iNav or RD Pilot or some of the cool little tele uh, telemetry gizmos and things you can put in your radio, you can you can get a lot of this stuff from GitHub now. And a lot of these pages that we go to have this little uh, donate and support the project. Um, and 99.9% .9 of us completely ignore that, download it, put it 
try it, it works, and then hey, we're at the field. Um, it was just a very quick kind of just nudge to everybody in the hobby. If you are using particularly software that somebody's writing and not getting paid for, they're doing it for the love of the hobby, and you download it and you use it and you get uh, enjoyment out of it, um, kick those developers back a couple of books. It makes a massive, massive... I know speaking to the iNav team, it makes all the difference in the world to them. And it also just lets them know that people are actually appreciating what they do. And for those projects that, that you know don't get supported, they wither and die on the vine. So, you know, things like the Open Pilot project back in the day and stuff like that. So it was just a, just a gentle reminder, if you're using technology and you've downloaded it for free and it works and they have a way for you to give them a couple of bucks, go and find out what that is and do Patreon or do PayPal or whatever it is just to support and keep the stuff going in the hobby. That's a really good idea. I've never even thought about doing anything like that that's the problem mate when most of and, and to be fair i have to give myself a kick in the ass a, a couple of months everywhere because i'll i'll find new tech and i'll download it somebody will mention something to me i'll get it i'll use it and think oh that's amazing you know that's that's really good mm. and then it's it'll be a couple of weeks later i think oh my god i'm still using it i'm still loving it like lua scripts and things for the tyrannus radio and stuff like that is great and for the sake of a couple of books it might you know it's 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 not even a cup of coffee for me but at least for the guy who receives it yeah. it shows him that somebody's kind of appreciated the time that he or she's that's a good point i may do what you just said to be honest um dave story in the chat says you guys gonna get a rebate from the editor this week (laughs) 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 it's such a clean chat i i I think we i think we might just need to have the last 15 minutes just completely filthy really then and then then at least he was going i I can't be filthy without the yeti here it's just weird he just changes you doesn't he (laughs) <laughs> you hang around with him when he rubs off on you a little. Oh, I nearly swore then. So oh, look, he's yeah, about there's him. one. There's one. Rubs off on you or rub, rubs up against you. Well, both. <laughs> yeah. it depends where you are and how dark it is, and see if he can get away with it. <laughs> so, what what's everyone's latest projects? What 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 they're working on? How's the X class flying, mate? Are you doing anything with that? My one. Um, it's getting there. It's slowly slowly getting there um looking at starting maybe nighttime displays with them Ooh. so pyrotechnics or just lights lights and pyrotechnics maybe yeah maybe some fireworks we have i have got the super starlight cat fox here to go on um so yeah. that's a story about you trying to fly with that on can, can you oh, just take a was... step back, Danny? Just what what is that? Because I because you you're talking a language that I have I've not involved in yet. Is that what a camera FPV? What's this? Yeah, it's it's a Foxy FPV camera. Right. Okay. But you can see it like zero point zero 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 one lux. So it's like neuron darkness. It's very wow. good in the dark. Very good, but. Mm. I stupidly set it to 16 by 9, couldn't see the bottom of the screen, and I couldn't land it. That's you couldn't what fly thought. it, could you? You were like, I can't, something's happened overnight. You've changed the pins. What's happened? And I was like, I think it's because you stretch your screen. It's a screen, and, you, you know, you're supposed to have it full by free. And he was like, he swapped the camera and um, could fly it again. I was like, oh, right, yeah, it must be that. So hopefully... You'll sort that out next time you fly because I'm actually interested in seeing how dark you can fly with that. And uh, Menace um, RC hopefully will be um, making us some big lights for the arms. 
I've gave him the measurements, but you know what I'm like, probably be too big or too small. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, hopefully Menace is going to make us some nice lights for the next class. Mm. Yeah, those cob lights are very bright that those guys do. I know I, I turned them on uh, in in indoors and um, yeah, I couldn't see anything for about a week. <laughs> I put yeah, them on my five inch, and they're really good. They're really good. They're really good. I, I did um, a review of the ZOHD Orbit. Has the LEDs in the wings? It's a flying wing thing, and I must. I do like flying at dusk with lights on. It does look so cool. Yeah, mm. I, I really wanted one on Saturday, something like that, because I had my Radian as well that I hadn't flown at that point, but it, it was just getting too dark, and I was like, ah. There's some lights on this. I can fly. Yeah, sorry we didn't come, Frank. Ah, well. I, I think um, from from the reaction I had to FPV and, and wearing a T-shirt with a, a quad on, I, I think it was may have been for the best. <laughs> I did keep asking in WM, is there any quad-related stuff? And nobody got back to me. So I was like, no, no. we can't do St. Kells. No. <laughs> Well, maybe we can turn it around like we did at um, not Western uh, Wings and Wheels because yeah. they loved it down there. Uh, there's quite a lot of. I'm just conscious we've only got probably about six or seven minutes left, and there's lots of questions coming at the moment uh, directed towards Andrew talking about the legislation that's coming in. Um, I, I, in a way, it's kind of good that we've only got six or seven minutes because the last time <laughs> Andy and I had a chat about this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after 45 minutes, Andrew was just warming up. So, um, Andrew, are, are you happy to give us the bullet, the very top level bullet points of where we are? Um, just for, for those interested, Andrew and I did a, a much longer interview on this. It's available on the Painless 360 YouTube channel. Say, shameless plug. Apologies for that in advance. We're also going to be doing another one probably September time, I think we said, mate, didn't we? Um, an update which will have more detail. But are you happy to do like the high level highlights in? Four minutes. <laughs> I can I can do my best. Um, and let's go. Action. <laughs> so don't panic. Um, registration is coming in November. It's registering pilots. It's not registering quads. But it's for sub uh, for two fifty grams plus come November. But come July twenty twenty, it is applying to everything with a camera. And then there's lots of other rules as well of when you need particular types because there's going to be from July 2020, there's going to be two types of registering. So there's going to be a normal registration, but there's also going to be certificate of competency, which you're going to have to get from somewhere, but then works out where yet. <laughs> and there's all sorts of other rules about. I'm getting mine from NDRC. <laughs> so, so so the summary, if I can kind of just jump in for a second, the, the bottom line is at the moment, there's still loads of things to be decided. Lots of things being proposed. Uh, my humble opinion is they're probably proposing uh, an overly oppressive set of rules so that when we pair them back to a much lesser set of rules, we'll feel like we've had a win, which is probably where they want us to be anyway. That's just how these things work. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I'm cynical at all about this entire process. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but the, so, so don't panic just about it yet. There different classes that have been proposed based on weight speed functionality of the vehicle which uh, the idea is it will encompass everything um, but interestingly there are potential loopholes around if the craft is home built versus purchased mm -hmm. um, that what i imagine the, the hobby will do is we'll all figure out what the loopholes are 
and then everyone will build for the loopholes. Um, yeah. I, at, the, at the moment, the the two classes that we're going to exist in at the moment is either so small and so slow that we're probably not going to want to fly it outside. Basically, tiny whoops. Or it's going to have to be so far away from everything that you're never going to find anywhere to fly it. Mm. Those are currently the two situations come July 2020, unless between now and then we find a lot more loopholes or find a lot more spaces to fly that are ridiculously far away from anything else. But we'll see. Yeah. So you say don't panic, but I've already started to panic. <laughs> I, th I think it's difficult to, Tony. It, with the lack of information that we have and lack of certainty, I think that is as disconcerting as as anything else. I know, I know for me, you know, it's... Um, looking at all the quads and all the planes and wings and all the stuff that I've got, you know, you're kind of thinking, oh, what, what, what of this am I going to be able to fly without, mm. you know, taking a 27 week exam. Um, but, but I'm, but, you know, I think for us, um, I think we just, just have to wait. Was it shake out? The good news is, I guess, from those people representing the hobby at a government level is that talking to Andrew last time and Andrew, please chime in if this has changed, but all the, all these individual outfits that were talking to the government separately, and trying to defend their own part, you know, corner of the hobby, all seem to be working together now, finally, which I'm taking as a good sign because, you know, it did feel to me a little bit like the fixed wing flyers were trying to throw the drone guys under the bus. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a lot of that, oh, it's not us, it's these guys kind of activity going on. And now because it's going to bite them on the butt as well, those people representing that side of the hobby are suddenly you know, wanting to to throw their weight behind the rational arguments. So I'm hoping that that more considered approach is going to bear fruit. But you know, this is this is the government we're talking about. So who knows? I know who knows. I like uh, Diddy Four's um, reply. I'm going to be painting Jolly Roger on my flying toys. <laughs> Brilliant. I might do that as well. Maybe we should all just just you know lump together and just buy a, buy an island off Scotland somewhere and, and just all go there to fly. Well, I was thinking that there'd be FBV holidays now, wouldn't they? You know, someone doing FBV holidays to places like Tenerife. You can fly up in the volcanoes without mm -hmm. FBV know. cruises. We can park it in nowhere. We're nowhere near anything then. Yes. Yeah. So what's the regist like the legislation Quite windy on beaches? Well, but, well, Andrew, do you want to take it? It, it, it so, the, person, the people around, right? So, yeah, so you've got the issue of there being people, but even if you go at six o'clock in the morning when there's probably not that many people on the beach, um, you've got the issue of to take off, you need to have landowners' permission. On the beach. I thought Don Robinson said we beaches are exempt from. Yeah, you can't, they can't. Well, it depends who owns it. Some beaches are fine. Some beaches are owned by people. Can I stand on the beach and take off from my hand? That's the same thing. Is it? <laughs> uh, is maybe, it no? Maybe we just... My launch pad is my hand. I'm just borrowing the... To be fair, Canvas Sands was more worried about Tony bringing his dog on the beach than us flying a drone. Yeah. Well, to be fair, dogs everywhere <laughs> mine doesn't <laughs> so just note to fun. everyone frank swore it yeah, was there frank we go. brought okay. the tone of the show down right at the very end we nearly yeah. made it we nearly made one it one minute to go one and minute he to said, go. Beep. 
There we go. And it's all. Might as well just join in um, for f- sake, Frank. Well, we've got to make sure that the editor actually listens to, to the end, you see. Yeah, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic so we're, we're just coming to the end in this I, I i think you know to summarize because i think what happened with the video that andy and i did a little while ago a lot of people watched the video were thoroughly confused at the end of it which actually meant you'd followed it perfectly because it is completely confusing and nobody knows what's going on but um but it did mean that the people were getting a bit despondent and I, you know I, I i wouldn't take that away from it i i I think that this is very much a, a negotiation that's currently happening. Um, all the people who represent the hobby are there. Uh, we just need to make sure as a hobby that we represent and behave ourselves and don't put really stupid things on YouTube that all the people who are against the hobby can point to as examples of why it needs to be banned. Um, so let's have, you know, let, let, let's try and not do that for the next eight months. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, yeah. today was today was really hard for us because we'd spent four hours, nearly four hours driving, get there and they go, oh, no drones allowed. Why? Oh, because there's cars here and people were spotted using drones to uh, see what cars were here because there's Bentleys and stuff. So, well, it's because Rockingham yeah. now has been taken, it's been sold and someone's bought it and now it's basically a huge car park. <laughs> um, and that's it. Um, apparently, there's people have been flying DJI, maybe <laughs> stuff what hovers and points and stuff, and finding where good cars are and then going to borrow them. Fab. So, <laughs> I think we need to finish on a slightly yep. slightly nicer note after all that. So, um, Andrew, do you <laughs> just want to recap on the uh, on the competition and then we'll close it out because we're just that's gone very quickly. We're on time. Absolutely. So please do send in your favourite moments of LDO from over the past four years <laughs> to us at letsdronout at gmail.com and you will be in with a chance of winning some goodies from Drone is Life. Um, also, massive thanks to all our patrons. Uh, without you, we wouldn't be able to continue doing this because come the uh, come August, the system we currently use, Google Hangouts, is disappearing. Uh, Hangouts on Air will no long, longer be a thing and we're having to build our own system to be able to continue to do this. Uh, so thank you very much for all your support, without which we wouldn't carry on. Good point. And it kind of goes back to what we are saying before. If there are things in the hobby that you get for free that you enjoy, uh, support them, and then they'll stay around. So uh, you have been listening to Let's Drone Out, episode 203. So with me tonight, we've had Danny. Hey, We've oh, had Tony. Bonjour. We've had Andrew. Hi. And I've been Lee Schofield, also known as Painless360. Have a wonderful week and happy flying. Telemetry lost.